The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Go to pod617.com to check out our full lineup and find out about how you too can have a podcast. What up, gangsters? My name is Inigo Montoya. Movies that you get Shawshank by. Come on, do it, kill me. I guess I just miss my friend. Shawshank. And on your 50th viewing, Shawshank. This movie is everything. Shawshank. Kiss masks, Lee Trevino, Shawshank. One on a black man named Chump, Shawshank. And that's it. That's our opening. We're here, guys. It's Shawshanked. Woohoo! You're on nice. Pod 617, the Boston Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Uncle Buck. And we, we, we've done it. We're all here. Oh I can't gosh. believe it. We survived. We have the entire crew here. Let's go ahead and just go around the table real quick so we know that we have everyone involved. Uh, from Barstool Sports and Laces Out Podcast, which you can catch on, what, iTunes, I guess? I iTunes, iTunes. Sports. Jerry Thornton. the football season. Jerry Thornton. Evacuate the city. Engage all defenses and get this man a shield. Oh, very nice. All right. <laughs> From the Maddie and Nick show in afternoons on WAF and the NFL Network. And of course, shit, Pat's fans say Nick Stevens. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. I've got nothing better to do. Ah, very nice. Well done. Uh, also from the Maddie and Nick show, conveniently, uh, Afternoons on WAF, and the new Monsterland podcast here at 6Pod617. I will get that right at some point. Maddie Blake. I got black eyes, a doll's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what your license says. And finally, from Shit Pat's Fans Say... And the after-school special guy from the Maddie and Nick show, it's Georgie Kip. Yeah. Hey, Merry Christmas, movie house! <laughs> That's the worst. Jim That's the worst Jimmy I, Stewart. I can't, I can't say enough to everybody listening right now, and hopefully any listener we retain, that what you will grow to look forward to most during this podcast is not anything else we add, but rather... The way George introduces himself <laughs> and, and every week. I picked a summer movie, and he does a Christmas movie before our summer movie uh, podcast. I, I, I picked specifically the movie exactly. of this summer. Exactly. And he goes with Christmas. Hate I can't is wait. gonna hate. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you do makes sense. Nothing. It's an, it's I an can't wait to our future Christmas show when he does something from like uh, One Crazy Summer. Oh. <laughs> I guess in time we will learn how to lose. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantastic... Well, I mean, we would expect nothing less. Thank you. Uh, so you are joining us now for our premiere episode of uh, Shawshanked here on the Pod 617 uh, station. So what we want to do is give you an idea of what we're, we're going to be doing. So we came up with this idea for this show based on the idea of being Shawshanked by a movie, which is a term that, Jerry, you came up with. Jerry, walk us through what Shawshanked means. It is the process by which you get sucked into a, a movie, a TV show, whatever it is, even though you've seen it a thousand times. It might be on basic cable it, it, with commercial interruptions and the swears bleeped out, and you own the DVD, and yet you're utterly incapable of turning it off, as such as, to use in a sentence, why didn't you go to bed an hour ago? <laughs> I just got Shawshanked by Rudy, for example. Nicely done. Yeah, that's all, and that's all I have to say about that. Oh yeah, or me, Kill Bill Volume Two the other night. I'm sitting there. At Did 12, it real? I was just saying in the, the middle of the night, and I'm, I'm, I can't get up. I'm I, waiting for the, her to be right. buried before I get up. And you've seen it a million times. A million and times. I was just saying on the radio show earlier today how much I love Kill Bill Volume Two. That it's my favorite Tarantino movie, and it's shockingly good because it's so genre specific, and it's no. I'd say it's the best western made. In the last 20 years. It oh. is an American masterpiece, not fully appreciated. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into our first episode's main event. Young Guns. Ding, ding. Uh, Dave wasn't ready. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, all right. Sound effect added later. Uh, hey, there he is. So for our premiere Merry episode. Christmas, you wonderful old building alone. <laughs> oh, sorry. Susan's pedals. Bad time. <laughs> Hee-haw and Merry Christmas. We're doing Sam our Wade, right? what fuck? Well, it's, it's, it's this time of year where all the big, giant blockbuster summer movies come out. And so what better way to kind of celebrate that by than going through the all the great summer movies that we've experienced in the past with our ultimate summer movie draft. Yes. yes. And I love that we're all sitting around a giant table in this studio. This is the closest I think we will all ever either come to, A, imagining what it's like to launch a drone strike in a show like Homeland, or B, being in the war room for an actual NFL draft. <laughs> right on, man. Can't fight in is here. It cool? no, it a war. By the way, is it cool if I appropriate war 
for a bunch of white dudes in their forties sitting around talking movies. Sure. Okay. Cool. Pressing buttons and right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and their tanks and their bombs. Maddie. <laughs> yeah. What are the traits of a summer blockbuster? Oh boy. Um, huge budgets. Huge budgets. <clears throat> Big biggest action. stars. Biggest stars on yep. the planet. Um, a lot of hype. It has to be released. Probably May would be our cutoff, right? May through August. Sure. Um, actually, side note, there were some films when I was gather, you know, getting my list together that I thought I would have sworn under oath were summer films. Well, give me, give me and one. And they're not. Uh, okay. Uh, how about Close Encounters? Oh, I yeah. thought for Ooh, sure no. in my memory that that was a summer movie. I would have bet a million dollars. Oh yeah, I would have been released. like yeah, May nineteen seventy seven or something. We, we, we uh, often confuse holiday films with summer also, movies. Right. That movie just has because November time. used to be what Memorial Day was, and now of course the Avengers is released in April, and eventually yeah, yeah, January yeah. will be the new summer movies. And that movie had uh, heat on it. You know what I mean? It felt right. like a hot movie. It was like in the desert um a uh, uh, big surprise uh jaws released on christmas eve no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um can i add this there's uh, oftentimes with summer movies there's an element of mindless stupidity to them right which mm. is acceptable that you wouldn't watch in like maybe you wouldn't you wouldn't release it during like february say you know like oscar that's a great point season these, these are not oscar not a lot of awards come coming along with a lot gump. of these films gump did yeah uh yeah. that was july of 1994 yeah, all true. i'd say about what makes for a summer movie it's like this podcast or anything where there's a number of elements that go in chemistry it's the right mixture of elements entertainment the right cast the right story and above all probably a huge budget yeah but there's times i've walked out of a movie and said i'm glad i saw that because it's a it's 95 degrees, 100% humidity. That was dumb. I handed the the usher my brain as I walked in, <laughs> and I got exactly what I wanted. I didn't think about mm. anything. No, that's that's not necessary because there's some on my list that are really smart movies because they're blockbusters or whatever. But that's that thing that you will get out of your house to go see, even if it requires like a babysitter, because it's an event. Right. That's, I think, probably the one word that I'm, you're I'm looking go for. You're going to sit, sit in a car in, in a giant big screen outside, or you're going to pack in there where every seat's filled. It's not you're one of 10 people in the, in the room, like you will be the rest of the year. Is there room on this draft for uh, a smaller summer film, you know, that that is iconically has the, all those feels, but maybe Absolutely. doesn't have the big These budget? Are, Hold on, like wait stars. a second. No. <laughs> but uh, let's explain the rules real quick okay. because this is a <laughs> personal summer movie uh, draft. So to you know, pretend you're Bill Belichick, you're trying to put together a team. Maybe you don't need four quarterbacks because we all are going to have four movies. Maybe mm. you want to compile mm. the best team. And at the end of our draft, the snake draft here, we are going to decide who has the best team. So we did pick names prior to the start of this episode. And uh, we have a draft order. It is a snake draft order. So here's the draft order as we're going to go through it. Georgie Kipp will go first. Yeah. Your host, Uncle Buck, will go second. Maddie third. Jerry fourth. Nick fifth. And then Nick will go again in the sixth spot, and we will rotate backwards. So there we are, one through five. And why don't we go ahead and just get this I going right now. I can't believe I'm nervous right about this. I know. This is ridiculous. Honestly, God, if somebody steals my first overall pick, I'm going to be pissed. Georgie Kipp, you're on the clock. With your bitch slap rapping and your cocaine tongue, you get nothing done. Get out! Terminator 2 Judgment Day, kids. It's the summer of 91, and Arnold is the biggest star on the planet, starring in arguably the most anticipated sequel of all time, not named The Empire Strikes Back, innovative new special effects, the T-1000, explosions, chasings, buff Linda Hamilton, my favorite Guns N' Roses song ever, and Arnold Freaking Schwarzenegger at the peak of his powers. Pound for pound, the best summer movie blockbuster ever. No thanks to whiny Eddie Furlong. <laughs> wow. wow. You know what? We biggest, come out hot out the gate, George. Yeah, yeah we man. already have our biggest upset in this. Jerry, George didn't pick something ridiculous. What, Jerry, what's the equivalent of this in the NFL draft of what George just did? Uh, yeah. Would you say it's Baker Mayfield? Yeah, exactly. A lot where of people are really shocked had him right Where people were saying that he's dropping or whatever. I, I had... I'm gonna go all uh, all uh, Mel Kiper. Yeah. I I think this is a reach in number one. I had Terminator 2 as a second round projection, but no, that's that's a quality pick. And by the way, absolutely not a dumb movie. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, a, an event movie, movie for sure. But so many elements. And the last moment before 
the Terminator movies went completely off the rails and made no sense. This thing adds up. I've, That's a good pitch. I've said on this uh, to you guys before talking about movies that I think Rocky Two is the greatest sequel ever, but you could put T2 as the greatest sequel ever. Oh, I, no, and, I think oh, I think James Cameron agreed. is the author of the right? two greatest sequels of all time, Aliens, yep. which I yeah. think somehow outdoes Alien, even mm. though it's a completely different movie, or at least Positive. a different genre movie. And Terminator 2 is probably the most thoughtful action movie or action sci-fi movie. And nobody, believe it or not, does heroines uh, heroin, heroin, Frank? That's a tall order, Nordberg. You're going to have to give me a couple days. Nobody does female action stars or female leads better, believe it or not, than the guy who's pissed through Hollywood wise faster Harvey than Weinstein. Buck pisses through beers. That's right. James Cameron. I just came back. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Yeah, uh, I mean, no. I remember, can everyone remember where they were when they saw that? I was we on a family working. trip and I raced back to see it. And not only did that movie deliver on all the promise and potential, but it outdid the original, which is one of the greatest sci-fi action horror movies ever. Mm. No. All right, God, so, so good. We're going to move on to number two. I am on the clock now, and I'm going to break a heart right across me right now yep. by taking the biggest summer blockbuster, <laughs> the most historic summer blockbuster of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, it, it's in the pond. It's in the pond. It's Jaws. 1975's Spielberg classic, Roy Scheider, delivers the goods, and we have not only the greatest, maybe... It's obviously a summer, summer blockbuster movie. Arguably one of the greatest horror movies of all time. It, it was so bad, Rob Reiner said, I knew they had a hit when after the movie was over, I went to the bathroom and I went to take a leak in the toilet and I was afraid something was going to come out of the yeah. toilet water. Yeah. This is this is the OG. It is the summer OG. movies. You know what the highest grossing film ever before Jaws became went beyond being a movie and turned into a cultural phenomenon? The Sting. Wow. (laughs) Good movie. Great stars, you know, stylish, whatever. But like a heist comedy, this thing redefined what it is to be a blockbuster, what it is to be a summer movie. Not the best movie of all time. Horribly flawed, but my favorite without a doubt. So how how low was Robert Shaw swinging after this thing and then Jaws come out? He was also in the Sting, Nick. Oh, yes, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, of course yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. I listened. I'm directed by George Roy Hill, starring Paul Newman and oh, uh, Robert yeah. Redford. And uh, with the Scott Joplin Maple Leaf classic, The Entertainer is its theme. I have seen it a yeah. few times. We Nick's picking the Sting. All right, I saw it when I was a kid. And because I'm, I'm also the OG of this, this crew, I remember being physically Old ill guy. at the start of the movie. Like, yeah. my, my brothers took me. We had to sit front row because, like everywhere else in the country, it was sold out on a hot summer day. I was petrified until, you know, you, you get through those first few minutes and then it's, they're on a boat and they're going full throttle and John Williams comes in with pirate music yeah. and it mm. becomes an adventure film and the more I've watched it, like as I get older, I find more layers to it of the relationships and you realize as a buddy of mine said, when you're little, Brody's wife is just this old lady and then you grow up and you watch again and you go, she's kind of hot. She, and, and every time you watch it, you kind of pick up something new. We've all seen it a million yeah. times. The performances, it's the performances for that movie from the town hall Dreyfus. to the moments that Spielberg lets happen he just lets it breathe even though it's this OG of summer movies it's really a small film in terms of when you take the shark away it's the moments between the people and the performances in this film from Roy Schneider on are just breathtaking the scene where they're comparing scars oh my god show me the way it's just but Roy Schneider just looks down and he had and there's a whole backstory there Mm -hmm. that he doesn't want to get into and and dare I posture this uh, for those keeping score at home the person who will probably show up the most on the Pod 617, Shawshank, Bud, Ding Dong, 20 fantasy draft movies is John Williams. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. where, what is this movie if it has a score by insert name of other composers, like Lalo Schifrin or Bill mm-hmm. Conti? Probably fine music, mm-hmm. but John Williams sets the table in so many of these movies. Greatest yeah. composer, yeah. GOAT composer. Yeah, no doubt. So we're going to move on to the third pick in our draft. Uh, Maddie Blake, you are on the clock. All right. I'm going to go with my personal first time I ever appreciated a summer film where I was like, this is a summer movie. This is a blockbuster. Oh, my God. I'm excited. I'm going to. By the way, I was married (laughs) May 22nd, 1999. This movie came out May 22nd, 1985. And this movie is still the greatest thing that's ever happened to me on May 22nd. (laughs) 
I give you Rambo First Blood Part wow. 2. Wow! Yes. Now, it, it was the number one film that weekend by a landslide. It was the first film in the United States to ever be shown on more than 2,000 screens. Oh. It made 20 million plus, and it was a absolute... It took First Blood which is a wonderful film and a smart and thoughtful film based on a novel, and just put it on steroids. I was on the edge of my seat. Murdoch, I'm coming to get you. Oh, that's, the, that's one of the, my favorite. The greatest. Murdoch, I'm coming to get you. But, Maddie, am I completely off base when I say if, the ter- if T2 is to the Terminator, then what Rambo did... Uh, was sort of like the T2, the original T2 to Mm -hmm. First Blood. Smaller movies, very thoughtful, Mm -hmm. great movies, flashes of action, but more headpieces with a little effect. And then the sequel is just a completely different kind of movie and so big and just reeks of summer. And it's the beginning of Stallone. With our 80 stars. Right, we think of Stallone as this greased, muscly, steroid, you know, like action. I I wonder why. Well, well, this is what (laughs) kicked it off. I mean, First Blood, he was- was kind of a rom-com guy. He was so good (laughs) in stopping my mom. He tried that. How could you outlook Rhinestone? Because remember, um, you know, Rocky III had come out the year before, but he's that that Rocky, or a couple years before in 82, he's still Rocky. This movie kicks him off as the shredded action star that we've come to know and love. This was the big one. This, to me, was the summer movie of my life. All right, that's awesome. a fantastic review. Let's go ahead and do pick number four. Jerry Thornton, you are on the clock. I'm coming to get you. Oh, so good. All right, I'm ready to pull the trigger on what might be the first controversial pick here. Uh-oh. Because Uh-oh. this movie has been disputed, in my estimation, miscast as not a summer movie. And that is the OG of action films, the greatest there ever was, Die Hard. I have no tolerance for people call it a Christmas movie. There's no controversy here whatsoever. It's it's in my top five. It's the greatest action movie ever made. No, but what I'm talking about is people see it as a Christmas movie. No, no. And to those people, I say, turn that 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 party from a Christmas party into, hey, we're expanding Nakatomi Plaza and so we're having a corporate movie. It doesn't change the movie and I owe it. All, all you'd have to do is lose the ho, 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 now I have a machine gun scene. The rest of it stands up. So, okay, I thought there might be someone here who's going to go, no, Christmas movie. It isn't. It's- yeah, no, that, that's on the Margie uh, Claproot uh, podcast. You would have <laughs> okay. a big time problem. Right, then she's going to hear it from me. Uh, uh, Die, Hard so. is, Die Hard is an incredible movie. Came out in the summer. <laughs> And they had a great ad campaign where there was a silhouette of a guy just sitting in a movie theater with his hair getting blown back by the screen and his tie flopping in the breeze. That's That was the reaction I had seeing this on the big screen at the SAC 57 downtown Boston. Mm. I saw a, there's a YouTube video I watched recently about screenwriting that said that is the perfect story structure. It's a perfect three-act you know, drama where if the first act sets it up, the second act puts him in this impossible situation. The third act, he figures out a way. Greatest movie villain, maybe of all time. Top Hans Gruber's top five. Oh, Hans no Booby. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Clay. Bill Clay. No, Jerry, look at it. Okay. So it's a giant action movie. It launched a career and made a star. Bruce Willis basically was like a star, but became a megastar after that. Uh, I joked about the romantic movie comedy. Got, That's a, a, how he was cast. He became a movie star. It, yeah, and got, surprisingly, coming out of Moonlight, and got $5 million for a leading role, which if you do it against inflation, would be like somebody being pulled off of This Is Us and getting $15 million to start an action movie. So... Oh, I mean, like, it's imminently quotable. You've got an incredible villain, which is always what you really should base your action movies or your summer blockbusters against. Comic relief. And, I mean, the set pieces. Think You can just stop and think how great the shoot the, shoot the glass scene, blow the roof, all these different things. Not to mention the fact that next to Caddyshack, it might be one of the ten most brotastic, quotable movies ever. Hans, Booby. I was at the Spy Museum in D.C. with my kids, and one of the things you get to do is crawl through ductwork. There's not a man at this table that wouldn't have stubbed that, ex- that exact line. I said it just to myself. Yeah. No one else was there, but you can't not do it. Greatest action movie, period. Love it. Uh, let's go on to pick number five. Nick, you're on the clock. Uh, guys, I cannot believe the way that this draft is shaken out. My top two picks both fell to me. This is oh, like, oh, man, this, good, is, good. this is a dream. Sure. I mean, I'm not familiar. Come on. I mean, duh. What else? Absolutely. I mean, what else do you need to say? 
Is that Pee-wee's I mean, this, this is the... I think yep. it was a music man? Yep, this guy's with the fifth pick overall in the 2018 <laughs> Shawshank Ultimate got, Fantasy Summer Movie you've Draft. Mail. You've got mail. Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> Meryl Streep gets her due on this list. I mean, come on. No, you. I mean, no I mean, how, how the hell? Start because shame on all of you. Star Wars fell to fifth. How the hell did Star Wars fall to fifth on a summer movie draft? Some because of, some it, of us are at the con guys, Nick. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> right. Some and of how us, because for some of us, it wouldn't have even have been our top Star too. Wars film. Doesn't matter. It's Star Wars. It ch- it literally changed summer movies. It changed Hollywood. It changed marketing. It changed effects. It changed everything. The idea of what the summer movie is, what the summer blockbuster, it begins, there's no Avengers, there's no uh, Pitch Perfect, there's none of George's <laughs> favorite movies, there's no Jurassic Park, there's no anything without Star Wars. Is that the, the first summer blockbuster? It's, I mean, well, well no, Jaws. Jaws came before. Jaws. Two, Jaws. two years separated them, but yeah. it re- Jaws was the one you waited around the corner yeah. for, but Star Wars reset yeah, yeah. the standard. And I mean, it was such also, a great Star Wars, Star Wars you watched a few times. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it was such a great leap forward in how you experience movies because of what they did with the special special effects or whatever and you and I've had this talk buck you watch superman the movie it came out a year later mm-hmm. and the special effects is so incredibly cheesy and you go yeah well it was the t- time no it was a year after star wars where they had completely reinvented the wheel created a universe indelible characters you only I've had to wa- see it once yep. to be hooked i've watched all three recently with my 5 year old and they not only do they still hold up and and are most of the effects still which are you know so arcane compared to what we see in movies now good enough if not passable and excellent the movies are just so entertaining the story is so freaking good and how about this it's my first memory uh i saw it in may of 1978 at the braintree four cinema so that's my actual first adult human memory my dad took me to child world on hancock street in quincy afterwards to buy the darth vader toy this is may of 1978 the movie stayed out for a whole year because kenner could not catch up as we learned in the That's toys right. that made us that yep. awesome netflix yep. series they couldn't make the toys for almost a full year it was out hold on stand by stand by stand by Tarkin. Oh. oh there they're just racing away oh the death star is about to blow oh. but, but you mentioned special effects I, I just I bought the Blu-ray edition of the original version, the un- right. specialized version. Right. And you're absolutely right. Without the special effects nonsense. still they look great. hold up amazing. The matte work is amazing. Yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The right. models. Oh, no. Uh, license and registration, please, sir. What's the problem, officer? Uh, well, son, lots of problems. You were, you were doing 115 miles an hour in a 35 zone. You have a blown taillight and a blown headlight. Uh, about a mile back there on the road, you ran over a whole family of deer uh, and some very cute bunnies. You appear to have several kinds of illegal explosive drugs and firearms in the back seat. not to mention there's a 300-pound bearded man who's bound and gagged back there for some reason. What do you have to say for yourself, son? Uh, if you log on to pod617.com, you can listen to some great podcasts and produce one of your own. Pod617.com, huh? Okay. Have a nice day, sir. At Pod617.com, you'll find on-demand podcasts on politics, sports, music, and amazing storytelling. And Pod617.com will produce a broadcast-quality show for you to promote your business or professional service. Listen to the voices of your city and join the community. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Uh, you know what? I uh, changed my mind. You're under arrest. Aw. Okay. Nick, you are back on the clock. This was the movie I was prepared to pick as number one, thinking one of you jabronis would have taken Star Wars just because you need to have Star Wars on the ultimate summer movie list. With the number six pick in the Shawshank summer movie draft. And dare I say, ah. this is the best movie in my mind. This is the best movie that will be picked on this list. You've heard me talk before in podcasts we've done together and lots of late night drunken arguments. By the way, underrated summer movie, all time movie theme. The great Alan Silvestri, who also did the music for The Avengers. Uh, this might be the perfect movie. Yes. I've talked many times before about how there are a few movies that I hold up as the perfect movie. And I think Back to the Future truly could be the perfect movie. My brother was home recently, and he reminded me 
that we when we were cleaning out our family storage, we found a box of old tapes. And he looked at one VHS and it reminded him of Back to the Future. And he literally wore the tape out because he would watch it two or three times a week as a five-year-old kid for years, years and years. What do you want from the movie? It's sci-fi. It's, it's a little rom-com. It's got perfect comic relief. It's got great effects. The performances are awesome. It's a compelling story. It's unique. It's lovable. Back to the Future has everything. I should have even taken it first just to show up Star Wars because Back to the Future is damn near perfect. I was just saying on the show tonight, on the radio show, before we recorded this, that there was some sort of alchemy in the world in 1985 and what a special summer that was. Sure and was. Huey Lewis's soundtrack on that film and, and who, by the way, now can't sing anymore, the poor guy. but Because uh, of his huge wang? Yeah, uh, two, yeah, yeah, nailed it. Because he yep. sang just too darn loud. I went, I went deaf because of my giant penis. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's man. my one man show. It clanged against my lower extremities and made so much noise for so many years. My inner ear doesn't work anymore. Maddie, where'd you read that in the news? <laughs> oh no! Yes. Oh no! No no! No no! Hey, as long as we're all good sports about it. This could go on all night. Hey, if you take I away bet, George, we have four. I bet when he, was, yeah. I I bet when he found out world. he couldn't sing anymore, he wished he could go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously. Hey, I mean, what's, what's your favorite Back to the Future line? Okay. Oh, God. I thought you were going to say I want to no, show No, no more. I, I know. Hey, you get your damn hands off her. Oh, I'm your density. I'm your density. How am I wrong? Like, you guys looked at me like, no, oh, you're God. wrong, George. <laughs> Which, well, not, that's, our, your favorite that's our resting George face. You're not really. The, then who's the president in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Oh, sure. Who's the vice president? Jerry Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> dad, dad, daddy-o. So wait, did you guys all have it on your list? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it out One of my favorite movies that I remember seeing as a summer movie. Oh. Yeah. And when so you refer good. to it as the Magic. perfect movie, that's the perfect description because I would say this and maybe like Princess Bride or mm -hmm. that short list of movies, mm -hmm. you should be able to show them to anybody. Mm -hmm. A teenager, your grandmother, like a guy, a construction worker or a teacher and they should all like say, you know what, that's goddamn good. Marty, you've got to come with me. We've got to go back to the future. And with that, why don't we go ahead and Well, I was up. hoping George was going to go like, wow, that's a problem. No, 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 it's not you. It's your kids. What do we what 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 do we what do we become assholes or something? He's, he's, no, and I'll do it myself. He's trying to get you to do It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Mary, Mary, there you go, Clarence. there you go, nailed it. All right, All right. with pick number seven, Jerry, right. you are back on the board. I am ecstatic to have gotten this in the second round. Do I go? Oh, oh, that whoa. was my other one. How did this? That out too. How did Raiders fall to seven? June of '81. Yeah. Because it, you know, having short rounds and fair to everybody. Short I'm round. Goddamn partner. <laughs> there we go. Uh, a movie that was unlike any that I had ever seen before or since, except for the sequels and like the the kind of knockoff iterations, like the Mummy or whatever. Things that are trying to beat it. It's so damn good in that. It's a, an amazing action movie centered around a character that you feel like he's fully realized the first time he's on stage. Mm. And uh, and not only that, but there's like there's an intelligence to it to the point where I was really careful about when I introduced this to my kids because I didn't want to have it, them be too young and just say, all right, you know what, I get it. And there's a cool car chase scene. Like I wanted them to get the, the twists and the turns and the and like and how everything sort of pieces together a great hero in that he's flawed like he's just he's pure human he doesn't have superpowers or anything that came when he survived the nuclear blast and a and a, <laughs> a refrigerator refrigerator but we will not speak of it here and the the ultimate movie villains that you can kill with impunity in the nazis and it's just two of the greats at the height of their power george lucas and um, and and Steven Spielberg yeah, getting together with Harrison Ford, the best action hero of all time, and creating a fantastic work of art. I remember it set the bar for me as a viewer for the first time, where it was action from the time the movie started, you know, and then from then on, any movie I watched, I'd always judge it against Raiders because how many movies start almost cold open action? Right, and then yeah, don't right. stop and give you a breath for at least eight or ten minutes into the film. You know, it's just phenomenal. I'd be very interested, if you would, Buck and guys, in doing a pod someday soon. Greatest opening scenes. 
or like greatest Absolutely. cold opens or opening scenes. Sure. Raiders yeah. is up there. I still Raiders think the best cold open is the Star Trek from 2009. Uh, but Raiders, yeah. that sequence, that Easily. Star Trek cold open is incredible. You know what's but, great? Uh, Lethal Weapon 2, when they're in the car. Whoa! Oh, and he's they're chasing straight Hans into Groot. it. Yeah, and he's like, woo, pounding the... Well, I mean, uh, Star Wars. One, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. where in ship, 30 yeah. seconds into the movie, you go, I get this. These are the good guys. These are the bad guys. The bad guys have all the power. They have the huge ship. Right. And there's no ambiguity there. And to be able to do that just in a couple of establishing shots, <gasps> it's really hard to do. And I'm with you, Maddie. Every time I've seen an action movie where it's even like a you know, road warrior, you know, whatever. I sit there and I go, it's really good. Doesn't reach the level of, you know, of, mm -hmm. of Raiders though. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go ahead and go on to number eight in our draft in round two. This is the third pick in round two. <laughs> I hate snakes. Maddie, you are on the board. I am on the board. It's oh going to get interesting now. A lot of the big boys are off the board yeah, now. Yeah, so I had to cross out so many. We just had a run on big movies. Oh God, I'm nervous. I don't want to blow it. All right, but I got to go with the. I got to go with the. Actually, it's it it portends what's to come later in this podcast, and this might be controversial how I'm going to do it. But they both mean so much to me. I want to lump them in as one, and it's the same franchise: Karate Kid, June of '84, and Karate Kid Two, June of '86. That's fine. I'm not taking Karate Kid Two. Yeah, if, you can have that one. Maddie. Karate Kid Two is phenomenal. They go no! to Okinawa. Dude, the girl, really? I'm a man of Peter Cetera. You're going oh, yeah. to reject I Peter Cetera. And I'll tell you, okay, hold on. Actually, I right, just got a call from Sato. Hold on. Matty Blake, you are a stupid man. <laughs> Same log we find on BG. Same. <laughs> how about you're the no honor. Matty, how about the fact that Karate Kid 2 opens at the very heels of Karate exactly. Kid 1, a exactly. rocky a trip, brilliant. but they did a great job bringing the cast back and having a scene in the park. It also, and I went, all right. Let me just say this. Okay. Karate Kid Karate Kid is such an incredible film. It's a martial arts Rocky. Um, we've been through it a million times how great that movie is. The scene, the wax on wax off scene, that one shot he has and he slowly pushes in and when he blocks, always look high, always look high. Uh, it's, it's perfect. It's a perfect feel-good action movie. It's the greatest. I saw it in that summer right. of 1984. I said to my mother, Mom, I'm taking karate. She wouldn't let me. I rode my bike down to a local dojo. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I made my mother take me to a dojo, and I started studying karate, and I never stopped for my whole, basically my entire life, with Except gaps here and there because of that film. That film had such an impact on me. And then Karate Kid 2, as a martial artist, that that has... That yep. has no twos, no twos, <sighs> no twos. You like two later if you, you want. Like no, Karate Kid, we'll go from that. Right. It has the greatest martial arts moments, I think. You know when he starts going into his kata during the thing, but that's a whole technical thing. Yeah, I remember Listen when I enrolled this. at Fred Valari, they were like, "And you're going to learn the drum." <laughs> well, when the kid, no, when the kid, when actually, they were like, Chosen. they were like, uh, "Sorry, human, what you call it with hair? You you can't fit into a key." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, so Pat Rita. A uh, huge karate son of black alley with an eye. Alley with it an was eye. beach. It was everything that we didn't have in Massachusetts. It was like I was stuck in this horrible suburban Boston neighborhood with none of the trade. There was no alley at my school. There was no golf and sip in my neighborhood. There was nowhere I could go. There was no beach. There was, no one looked like Johnny. No one looked like Ali. I had no Mr. Miyagi. I had my drunken uncle going, get out of here. I can take karate. Did you have any Can I also ask this question? Jerry, I feel like this is something you would be the right man to ask. Where would you rate Elizabeth Shue, real quick, because I know we're cool. getting to the next draft pick, in terms of uh, high school or summer blockbuster smokes? <laughs> under 21 category. Elizabeth Shue's fastball Jeez. from Karate Kid to Adventures in Babysitting Cocktails, was yes. untouchable. Oh, cocktail. Yeah, yeah and I, I'll compare her to Roger Clemens in that he burst onto the scene as a superstar, kept that high level, and into his 40s was still as good as there was in the game. Leaving Las Vegas? Yeah. On CSI. It's the and only way I drink vodka really, in the shower. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I'm still not ready for a grim, dark, substance-addicted prostitute Elizabeth Shue because she's still my boo going all the way back. You to can karate. never, right. ever ask me to stop drinking. And don't fuck and here with comes the babysitter. And when, right I, I have a feeling we'll touch on Karate Kid a little later in the episode. And on Elizabeth Shue's boobs. Let's go ahead and go with the fourth pick. In the second round, that is me, and I am going to. Oh boy! Uh -huh. 
Let's see what I'm going to do here. You've uh, got to be ready. I'm going to I'm gonna really piss off George right now. I'm going to go Jurassic Park. Oh! Oh, wow. oh crap. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Life finds a way. Once Dude. again, change the way things are done in a summer blockbuster. Yep. Uh, we had had a little bit of a lull, and they went and took this Michael Creighton book that was a huge success, and Spielberg and made it into a Michael Creighton book. <laughs> what did I say? Creighton? Creighton, Creighton? Which, which school did he go to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what I do. You, you, know, you know what? Buck buys all his furniture at uh, Creighton Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see Weathering Crites? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Heathcliff. So, Jesus Christ. By 1993. <laughs> Man, Love at First Crite was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do it out of Crite, Buck. <laughs> oh, yeah, another John Williams. That's right. yeah. Four now. Mm-hmm. Thank Day you for mentioning four. that. Yeah. But again, the special effects, it was Spielberg's special effects that uh, made this thing come alive. The idea of having a, a zoo of monsters, uh, of dinosaurs, and then having the raptors, which nobody even was really familiar with raptors as a dinosaur. And wow, now it's... What year was this? 93. 93. 93. 93. So that is my pick. So now I have Jaws and Jurassic Park. Oh, you See, and, already, and Jurassic wow. Park is basically the same so template far. as Jaws, except he now the, the, the master that couldn't get the damn mechanical shark to work off of you know Martha's Vineyard, who then turned it into a psychological thriller... Now had the ability to do anything, and he, you know he turned the story around as he did with the book Jaws to make it even more spectacular. Yeah. At the end of the book, they just sort of firebomb the island. See you later. He sat there and had the wherewithal to go. You know what? The star of this thing is the T Rex. Yeah. People want to see the T Rex, so we had to come back and be like the the Deus Ex Machina hero at the end. Yep. And it's it was genius. And he he turned a movie into a thrill ride. When forever they, or you know, there was he blurred that line between. Okay. Right yeah. All right, fine. That's it's all fine. The the scene alone with the giraffe, with the T Rex is amazing. One last thing, how the f did the T Rex get into the foyer at the end of the movie to save them? What did he use his giant tiny hands to open the effing door? <laughs> he was sleeping in the corner. Uh, let's move on to our final pick of the second round. Georgie Kip, you're on the clock. Hey, yeah. You know what? It's still the summer of '93. Oh boy. Oh, wow. Where we go? Oh, hold on. August 93? No. In terms of suspense and surprises, I'll put the first 15 minutes of Cliffhanger up against any other movie. <laughs> wow. Oh, I don't have to cross oh, that off wow. my list. Here, here's the Blake Bortles. Wait a second. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can, can I finish my speech? Trent Richardson. No, I'm hold on. Out. No. First, of all, first of all, Cliffhanger. <laughs> if anyone's going to pick a bad Stallone movie to be able to say, it should be me. <laughs> I wish I was the girl in the opening scene right now. Seriously. I'll put the first 15 minutes of, of, of Cliffhanger up against what? any movie. Oh, good. And somebody will say, you're, it's How too bad you're drunk. The, How about the rest of the 70 minutes? When they're, when they're the fucking, that movie sucks a hundred foot Stallone through a thousand foot when dick. In the, when they're that in the, the so nice. They're in the fake green screen ice world. Lift down and bump with their name, their name Tucker and Walker. Tucker. Do you know what the greatest sign of love is? What is it, John Lithgow with a terrible accent? Sacrifice. (laughs) Tucker, yes, Walker. George, turn in your penis right now. And your man card. And your movie pass. Oh, cliffhanger. Go in. Stallone recycling all the the, the monologues that didn't make the cut in his lesser crappy movies. Like, you don't understand. I'm still up on that hill. Yo, 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 rope, you ain't got the best of me. I'm afraid of clubber lag. I mean, the mountain. All right, so I pick cliffhanger. <laughs> you know what? Just for that, the I'm gonna have to. Best summer blockbuster. I think we have to take a pick away, and we have to give him yeah. Caddyshack you know too what? right now. I, don't know. I, I want the Ted Wells investigation. <laughs> I'm waiting for. <laughs> and he gets another, Eric another, another I, pick. Yeah, I literally laughed, and I didn't miss anything. Uh, George, you're up number one pick in round <laughs> number the three. This is podcast gold. <laughs> All right, George's next pick: Cliffhanger Two, <laughs> the director DVD, Revenge of the Hope. It's Remy. Oh my Revenge God. of the Cliff. The director made so many good movies. You could have gone with so many other Remy Harlan movies. 
Or Stallone uh, movies, or Gina Davis. I, or, no, no, it was uh, no, it was what's her name from uh, from uh, uh, who's the, the, star? the Alaska who's the star? show from uh, Northern. Uh, was that Gene? What's Jeannie Doodad? Janine Turner. Janine Turner. Janine Turner. Right from uh, Northern Exposure. Hi. <laughs> I've Sorry, never been too. more excited for a draft pick. <laughs> George, what was your quick... Get, just give him 10 seconds. What was your little thing that you wrote about uh, We need to hear your yeah. preamble. Yeah. I want to hear your defense yeah. of cliffhanger. Size puns. As he's burning money to stay warm, he says, I never could save anything. <laughs> <laughs> right there, left. Who had to cross cliffhanger off their list? Anybody oh, else oh, at this man, table? No. no. And by the way, he had to take it in the, in the second round because you know it didn't. It wasn't going to last till the fourth. You are right, George. If we do do a podcast, <laughs> if we do do a podcast, as we mentioned earlier, of, said, of cold opens, of cold opens of films, That's- I would agree. It would be- Hi, I'm Marjorie Claproot's brother, John. And I'm Margie's nephew, Michael. And I'm Margie's nephew, Dave. And I'm Margie's nephew, Jonas. We're here with a special plea today. There's someone who needs your help. The matter is urgent. And it gets worse every day. Marjorie Claproot suffers from A-C-S. Attention craving syndrome. Every minute of every day. She is desperately trying to get everyone's attention. But you can help. Just listen to her podcast. Margie Claproot saves the world. New episodes posted regularly. At pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Please listen. We implore you. She needs your attention. And then maybe she'll leave us the alone. Please. 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 Please listen. Politics, family, and fun. Margie Claproot saves the world. At pod617.com. The Boston Podcast Network. <laughs> so bad that we, we had to compose ourselves, and we're going to split this into two episodes. But just to give you an idea of what we're looking at, George has Terminator 2 and Cliffhanger as his first two. Oh, I'm still having one of my episodes over, over Cliffhanger. Uh, I'm getting the vapors. Puck's got Jor, uh, George. I, I wish I had George. I, did. I have, I have you too, man. and Jurassic Park, a couple of Spielberg classics. Mm. Maddie, looking at Rambo 2 and Karate Kid. Thank you very much. Jerry, Die Hard, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well done there. Ooh, that's, a, that's an A grade that's right there. And Nick, right. starting off with Star Wars and Back to the Future. Ooh, I, I got to imagine that Nick is going going to have two of the great picks. I'm sure he'll wrap up with something really special for us. Um, but why don't we go ahead and stop and jump into what our Shawshanked moment of the week is. Shawshanked. Shawshanked. You know what? One of the funny things about this show for us was that we were all Shawshanked by different things in our lives, and we like to kind of get together and say what's really piqued our interest for the week. Uh, for us, all five of us, we actually hit on the same thing. It was Cobra Kai, the series premiere on YouTube Red, not Red Tube, mind you. <laughs> no, you that's poor. You will find different things. I made that, that mistake. Is that that's I made porn. that mistake. Thanks, it George. is YouTube Red. Carrie, Carrie, don't look so shocked, Carrie. I, I did see a video that had a Cobra in it. But uh, that yeah, wasn't yeah. a cobra. Okay, you don't oh, know. you watched that was Black oh, Snake. Model. It had a hood. <laughs> Jerry, you watched you watched Pants Cobra Kai. <laughs> Also, not to be confused with Cobra Guy. <laughs> let's, but let's touch it on this. Real sweep quick. the leg. No, no, Cobra. sweep it on the other side. Jerry Thornton, what was your yeah. first thought when you a heard about this happening? <laughs> uh, you can literally play. You can literally play the 1980s. You said the password sound effect to me over and over again. <laughs> I'll lose my mind. <laughs> Jerry, what was right. your first thought when you heard about this project, then saw the trailer, and then you actually saw the series? Okay, when the trailer dropped, and I immediately jumped on Barstool and blogged this, because I, I said, I'm trying to rein in my natural inclination to be totally psyched about this, because projects that t- that begin 34 years after they began don't work out. And this you is, know? of course, the, right. the original, sequel to the original Karate Kid. The original kid. Karate Kid. I said, this can't possibly work, and yet I'm all in. And it's even exceeded those expectations. I tried to tamp them down. I couldn't. It's just from the opening beat of it, you said, I get what they're doing here. First of all, uh, Ralph Macchio and William Zabka, the best 
80s villain next to Darth Vader and Hans Gruber. Um, they look great, which is important. Like, think about what a disaster would have been if they showed up with these like gigantic William Shatner faces. You know, yeah. one three hundred pounds yeah. trying to do kicks. They, they, like they just survived on thirty-four years of bee stings and Vicodin. Right, exactly. Yeah. And the the way they establish it from the, the not to give too much away, but the villain's point of view, it's like wicked. George, it's like wicked in that, yeah. like, you're sympathetic to the guy that you despised 34 years ago. And yeah, this wasn't Mel Gibson and Mr. Joshua. These were two guys that kept up with it. Right. Uh, th they are so good. You're right. And I'll even one-up you on the whole idea that Johnny Lawrence was one of the great villains of the 80s. I'll even say William Zabka may be the most important actor portraying villains in the 80s because... He's so great as Chaz Osborne in Back to School. He's so great in just one of the yeah. guys. Underrated, yeah. terrible, disposable, Stakem-style 1980s rom-coms. <laughs> and then, of course... Greg Toland. Greg, Greg, thank you so much. Oh, when he dumps the tray, <laughs> they dump the trays on him. And then, he's so great in this. So he's he has three Hans Gruber moments in the 1980s. And I thought this series was going to be so hokey. I thought it was going to be just like a funny little spin. And when we talked to Ralph Macchio on our radio show, go to WAF.com and download the Ralph Macchio interview. Maddie wasn't in it because he was throwing up. You did it. Uh, he said that he resisted all overtures to do this for 30 some odd years because he was afraid he was going to tank the legacy of the original. And then they come up with this idea to have Johnny be the sympathetic lead now and almost portray Daniel as the sort of villain, not to give anything away, even though he's an incidental villain. God, it's so entertaining. It is so... I watch it in two nights. It's ultimate yeah, binge yeah, TV. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's 10 half-an-hour episodes. So yeah. It's five hours of, of film. Super easy watch. Yeah, this movie... I mean, The Karate Kid changed my life. It did. Like, Spinal Tap, Karate Kid, these, these three or four movies that we all have. For me, it happened to be those two or three, and there's another couple, but... We have those movies that change our life. So I was all in from the moment I heard about this. Nick and I uh, share an agent that represents Ralph. So I've met him. Um, and, you know, when you used to talk to him about Karate Kid, not to get too insidery, you could sense a huge apprehension on his part because everywhere he went, you got to remember, for 30 years it was sweep the leg, Johnny! I'm in a body bag! You know, this is a guy who's a serious-minded actor, director. He did an injury. Just the check, please. Oh, do you want me to put your leftovers in, in a, a body, body bag? bag? That's all he got. That's all he got for 30 years. So he stuck to his, you know, his, his town. He did My Cousin Vinny, which is a huge success. But he, you know, he wasn't exactly psyched to jump both feet back into the karate kid pool as nick said in the, he said in the interview but this thing hits all the right notes as a fan as a super fan of this franchise they do everything that you'd want them to do you know and again no spoilers but you're like oh they should go there they go there they should do this they do that they bring back every moment from the original that you want them to do it's so much fun there's a couple little problems i have with it but don't doesn't matter it's awesome how great is the nostalgia yeah, it, it hit just yeah. the right amount of the nostalgia it was it was fantastic yes. you know golf and stuff and yeah. and you know not they to do anything but when I, when i when i saw it i i watched it in one day and I, I te we were had a group text going, but then I, I texted Maddie separately because I knew how much this movie meant to him as a kid. And I said, Maddie, you have to sit down and watch all of this right now. And I was so glad that you loved it because oh. I know we loved it because we were 80s kids and 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 seeing Billy Zabka on stage again, you know, on, on the screen again. For God's sake, you used to run a pop culture blog <laughs> called Sons of Zabka. Right? Yeah, it was. It That's was, how dedicated to the cause you right. were. Right, but he he's he's such a good actor, and, and yes, and uh, I, I think it really yeah. uh, it, it shows through in the series. And eighty stuff works in the in the aughts. It does. It's amazing how they make White Snake work. We we get hammered and to death Iron with it every Eagle. day. And Iron Eagle. Oh, Chappie Sinclair. Yeah, oh, he's so Kendrick. good. Yeah, right. He's yeah, that movie. I, I, I think we all saw the South Park uh, kind of, it was more than one episode. It was about a four episode arc about like member berries. Like, hey, remember that? Remember R2D2? Remember Chewbacca? This isn't that. I can't stress no, it no, enough. No, it, there's elements of that. I mean, like, there's one part where he's driving down the street in his super sports car, which is a piece of shit Camaro, and they're playing a cheesy 80s song while montages are going of like his journey yes. just like out of Rocky Four, and you don't sit there and go alright this is just recycling you sit there and you go oh yes that's exactly mm. what, the, what, what they we should be doing yes. yeah. yeah A it it does it, it, it 
goes the parts you want to as far as nostalgia, but it also moves the story forward into a whole new generation. It deals with current issues of bullying and all this stuff. It does a wonderful job of that. But one of the things, last thing I want to say about it is that uh, this is one of those rare moments in, in entertainment when the actors playing the part are actually real life kind of going through the same thing. In other words, Zapka was kind of the forgotten guy and he gets to play a guy who was the forgotten guy. Yeah. And I get, you get to hear my story now. And as a person, as a human being, as the actor, as the real man, he's kind of going through that. And Macho was a huge star, reluctant to get back into it. And his character is reluctant to get back into it. And you can see it like when they're walking through his old apartment. So it's one of those rare things where in the DNA level, the actors are actually going through what you're watching their characters go through. And I think that's why it works too. Shades yeah. of Mickey Rourke and the wrestler. Bingo, the exactly. bingo, bingo. Yeah. Exactly that phenomenon. Yes, Dave. Glory hounds. And so rare to be able to pull off the movie into the series. Animal House tried it with a horrible Delta House. Ferris Bueller's Day Off tried it with a horrible TV Sick show. On. The only one that actually ever really succeeded in was MASH. Certainly a big oh, yeah. film into yeah, a large yeah. They tried it with Uncle Buck. They did a horror yeah. starring Kevin Neal. What are you doing going out there with God your Uncle Buck pants on? All night long, rolling, rolling. So you have listened to our premiere episode of Shawshank here Ooh. on Pod 617, the Boston Podcasting Network. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Pod 617, but you can also find us on Twitter at Jerry Thornton 1, at Ahoy Nick Stevens, at The Matty Blake, at The Other Pats Fan. At Uncle Buck WAF. And thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, folks, you have been Shawshank. Shawshank. Shawshank.